everybody, welcome to the New World Pictures Podcast bonus episode. I'm Ryan, with me as always is Mark. Hi. And Erica. I'm always here with you after Mark. Yep, that's the order. <laughs> if you go back, go back and listen to the episodes where I don't do that order, because there are, there are some. There are, are there? some. Yeah, that's a fun... Wait. Trivia question for just the three of us. It'll be fun. Inside be, trivia. Yeah. You know, talking about trivia, one of the things that people have been asking me quite a bit, because we've done over 100 episodes at this point. Yes, we have. Woo! As of Warlock, we're over the one. We're over the centennial mark. Oh, we yeah. did it. We did it. And if you had to pick one as the starting point, which Ooh. one would you pick? Well, I mean, I would definitely say Heather's. Erica? Uh, yeah, I would say start with Heather's. I would say I would say if people want to get their feet wet, start with a film that you've seen. Start with Heather's, or maybe you've seen uh, Killer Tomatoes, or <laughs> one of those. Steaming. Steaming. Uh, <laughs> but I think, you know, what's great about our podcast, Mark, thanks for asking, is that uh, you can really dip in to any episode. You really can. And we That's will true. bring you into the fold and you will feel included. We we are highly inclusive. And even yep. with, with or without watching the film, you're going to enjoy yourself. So, Mark, you posed the question, what's your answer? I don't know. That's why I asked. Oh, great. <laughs> so, anyway, we did an interview. Oh, well, I... <laughs> We did do an interview. And speaking of Heathers, we did an interview with the screenwriter of Heathers, Daniel Waters. Uh, we've also talked to Patrick Labreteau this year, who was an actor in Heathers. So mm -hmm. this is uh, pretty fantastic that we've been able to talk to two people associated with the film. But a lot of the stuff that we do go over, and I would also say Heathers is probably a good one to listen to after this if you haven't, because we do discuss a lot of information that we don't discuss in this because... Because Daniel felt like we had already discussed it in our episode. So really, this is uh, a good companion for that episode. But so in short, when you're going through our Rolodex and you're trying to figure out which New World Pictures podcast to listen to first, you should definitely listen to this one second after you listen to Heather's first. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we had an incredibly fun conversation. Daniel Waters is not only an incredible writer... He is just absolutely hilarious, and we Super had funny. so much fun, and um, we actually started out off mic talking about, uh, he had listened to our episode on Certain Fury, and he was saying, boy, you really give the screenwriter a whole lot of crap for Certain Fury. You goddamn son of a bitch! Open this door, I'll blow your fucking balls off! You think I'm fooling around here, you goddamn bastard? Think I'm playing some half-assed motherfucking game? Yeah, he felt like we were giving the screenwriter a lot of grief. <laughs> and then he said, then I heard that clip and I was like, no, you're probably on something. <laughs> so he was giving us some crap. So we're going to talk, a, we'll talk a little bit about Certain Fury and reference it. And that's because we were talking about it before we started recording. Um, but we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, from New World, but uh, and also a lot of Daniel's career. Obviously, Heather's. We'll dip in a little bit to Demolition Man. We're going to dip into Batman Returns and and how he feels about Mark's feelings on that film, <laughs> <laughs> and a whole lot more. And it was just an incredible conversation. So let's li listen while 
apparently somebody in the upper floor of Mark's house is deciding to, is everybody moving out of your house right now, Mark? When I get up there, I'm pretty sure I'm living alone. So, yeah, yeah. You're gonna so go again. Up, you're going to go upstairs and it's going to be risky business up there. And all of a sudden, all of your, you have to buy back all your furniture. Um, all right. Well, so yeah, let's get to it. Let's listen to our conversation with Daniel Waters. I, I don't do these jewels more than once. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, did my whole, things... I, I I blew my whole Hollywood specific speech on uh, off camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just gone. That's that one's gone, unfortunately. So when can... did you move out to LA? I moved out like 1985. Okay, so right uh, around Certain Fury, really. Yeah, yeah, it was around Certain Fury. It was like where the Hollywood Boulevard had the World Theater, the Fox Theater, the Vogue Theater, mm-hmm. um, the Hot Pacific, and the Chinese. But you know, there were you know, it wasn't like Jurassic Park playing at twelve theaters. You had New World movies playing, and you know, I just need to see a movie. So you know, DefCon Four, J- Jake Speed, I'll go, I'll, I'll see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we those did are... not see any of those in the theater i'll say that no. yeah uh-uh. oh yeah no I, I was going through oh my god i've saw so many in the theater torment i mean i can wow well scott alexander uh, the writing team larry cares is in scott alexander he worked on torment so we had to see oh it. really what and did so he do he, on it oh he was all sorts of things in the production i'm, I'm gonna get him to come on here Oh, oh, okay, no great. Oh, all right, yeah, all right. Because yeah. the, the Torment episode needs some star power. <laughs> That's right. I know you know Larry Karaszewski because you guys went to school together in Indiana, correct? That's right. We're best friends. We went, in fact, he's making me spend thousands of dollars to go see his, wife, his daughter get married in Rome. But um, Oh, wow. Uh, yes, we went to high school together. And he, he came out to USC first, and I tagged along after him. Nice. We're in Indiana. South Bend, Indiana, where oh, Notre okay. Dame is. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where Erica. By the way, this is Erica. That's Mark, and I'm Ryan. Um, Which one of you fuckers doesn't like Batman Returns? Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> that would. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, it's come a long way. You got to admit its reputation. But, all right. It has. It has. There's been yeah, like I had to turn off that podcast. Podcast. You started going through my recent career, and I'm like. Oh shit! They hate this one. Wait till they get to Vampire Academy. Where, that, is, my, that is where we. That's where. where where's I, my computer? Where's my computer? Turn it off. Turn it off. I did pair Heather's with Vampire Academy because I did see it. Oh, geez. Um, well, and, we got Weinstein on that one. So. Oh really? Is that what happened? Yeah. Not that it was the Magnificent Ambersons before Weinstein cut it up, but, <laughs> right. but you know. But but still, I mean, I you know, that's that's honestly, there's some good stuff in that movie. That's what I basically said. I mean, stop uh, talking about it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the I like the podcast with Patrick Laborto. I'm pronouncing his name wrong, I'm sure, but um, uh, you guys. I think even he mispronounces that name. You guys, I think it's impossible you, to say right. You guys did everything to talk about me without mentioning my name. I felt like Voldemort. Like you guys were <laughs> like, well, he did this, and he did. We well, you know that's what he thought of when he wrote it. Like, well, a name check would be nice. <laughs> I'm trying to have a drinking. I'm trying to have a drinking game over here with my name, and I'm sober as fuck. <laughs> 
You're going to have to talk to Patrick about that one. I don't know what okay, happened. Okay, I'm sorry I've interrupted everything, but I'll get to your questions. But there was an actor you kept bringing up in that podcast. Don't say that his name out loud because I got a story. Okay, okay so we're New World Offices. We wanted to do a reading of the script, a reading of Heather's. Okay. We had Dana Delaney, friend of Michael Lehman, reading um, Heather Chandler. Um, a friend of mine, actress Stacy Travis, star of Hardware. If you, if you know, if you go that mm -hmm, deep, mm -hmm. she she read Veronica, and we told her to bring somebody from acting class to read JD. I had never seen the script before. Bit of a hick, a little laconic. You know, it's kind of struggling through the thing, but he was he was nice. He was doing. After it was over, he goes, he comes up to me, he goes, "Hey, man, I know I'm not anybody, but that was brilliant." Huh. Cut to years later. Um, I wrote another script called The Model Daughter, considered one of the great screenplays it never made, but that's what other people say, not me. I read it over recently. The, the legend's better than reality. But, um, <laughs> we were meeting Punchline, Punchline Blum, Brad Pitt, and, and Michael Amen and I were like, hey, Brad, it's sure good to meet you. And he's like, good to meet me. Don't you remember I did that reading Heather's? And, and, and I'm like, what the fuck? So, so I, like, and because for, I know I'm not anybody, but for what it's worth, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, man. That was a running gag between my brother. Like, when we see a movie together, like, hey, man, I know I'm not anybody, but for what it's worth, that was brilliant. <laughs> so, so, first thing I did was call my brother. Dude, you're not gonna believe this. I know I'm not anybody, but for what it's worth, the brilliant dude is Brad Pitt. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I also think, like, props to you, uh, South Bend, for calling somebody else a hick, you know? Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, South Bend, I'm in Indiana too, so I feel like South I mean... Bend, no, I mean, as you know, Northern Indiana. Are complete yeah. snobs of Southern Indiana. We Thank think of you. them. Yes, because I grew up in them, Southeastern Indiana, so we call them practically Kentucky. You know, <laughs> you know, we do not have sex with our, our own siblings up, up <laughs> somewhere across Terre Haute. The line gets crossed. <laughs> There's a lot of Indian love. The thing about growing up in South Bend, though, that I found fascinating is that you and, grew up in South Bend. What's that? You grew up in South Bend? No, that you that yes, I grew up there. No, yeah. uh, Mark, as my brother knows full well, I grew up in San Diego. But, but I did have to spend a certain amount of time getting my shit together in South Bend. No, uh, I wanted to talk to you about Beyond Our Control because oh yeah, you did that show. Uh, I just think it's fascinating. I know that that Larry Karaszewski also did the show and kind of got you on to it, but I just think that 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 as a show is is fascinating that that that, that even existed. You know? Yeah, and and one of the, one of the, the guy who plays Hank on Breaking Bad, he, Dean Norris, he was mm -hmm. also on the show at the same um, time. I mean, yeah, at the same time. Yeah. Wow. We, we double dated the prom. Um, <laughs> really? Oh my god! And, and now the guy looks like he's a character actor for who's old as Wilford Brimley, but he was a young blonde guy with long blonde locks before. And now, now, now he plays like, I was making fun of him. Like he was a secretary of defense in 24. Like, 
like Charlton Heston walks into a room and salutes him. Like, I was like, how'd you get so old so fast? It's crazy. <laughs> but Beyond Our Control was a great experience. It was like Saturday Live. It was Saturday Live meets Zoom, if anybody gets that reference. Mm-hmm. I don't mean mm-hmm. what we're doing now. I mean the, the show for yep. kids that yep. they filmed in Boston for PBS. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was like kids doing SNL. We were like, I was more of a writer. My own claim to fame was a parody of American Gigolo where I played Gilligan. So I was American Gilligan and it was me <laughs> as a Gigolo only I'm wearing, I'm putting the white hats over different red ensembles. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's somewhere on YouTube. It can be fun. It's somewhere. So how did that show work? Did you guys do, how many shows did you do like once a month or how, how did it work? Uh, well, we had a season, but we, I mean, we did like, like, four to 15 good episodes a year and like we were wrote it on monday rehearsed it on casting and rehearsing on during the week and then filmed it all on saturday and then film bits during the week but it was definitely like we all had this um uh, kind of hangover when we actually go to film schools and they go today we're going to use a camera and like <laughs> what do you mean we had to put on a show every week like you know this is nothing this doesn't mean anything to us like this is a step back so So, were there some people that could just like write on the show or were you all sort of uh, we were all doing a little bit of everything we're running the cameras writing acting even as an extra making costumes we did it all yeah in fact the first person to make it out of beyond control into the big bad world of hollywood was um david simpkins who is like the Chevy Chase of the show. He was great. Mm-hmm. He was the first star, but um, he wrote Adventures of Babysitting. So yeah, he also worked for New World back in the early days. Oh, when he, absolutely. He, he was a, he worked on Angel and also Children of the Corn. Has he been on yet? I got. He hasn't. He hasn't. Oh I, he God, just I called us back on Twitter, so I'm 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 hoping I mean, to. I mean, if. If the writer popularity starts to be, oh my God, New World Podcast gets all these writers on the show. Like, you know, <laughs> that, that turns out to be a thing I can help out. But well, yeah. thank you. It's, but, a, but, it's, it's a thing. But it is, we'll we'll it, mention you by name if he comes on. We yes. Will. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, it's weird how just having somebody have some success makes you think, oh shit, well, anybody can do it. Like, my brother's supposed to be a doctor. He wanted to be a doctor. He was in pre med school. He's like, Oh shit! If you can do it, anybody can. So he goes and makes Mean Girls, like you know the the ready to wear to my uh, you know haute couture. Like and you guys out, have worked together. He uh, takes out all the stinging stuff and gets all the money. So like, is that really what he? He took my box office. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You set the table for him. Um. So he didn't come out here till you were already here. Oh yeah, no, no. He was in. He was going to be a doctor, and then, and then others came. And then actually, he says his great epiphany was on the set of Ford Fairlane, where he read my script, and then he sees Wayne Newton, Priscilla Presley, and Rennie Harlan, and Andrew Dice Clay doing my shit on the on the stage. He's like, oh fuck, I got to become a director just so I can direct Dan's <laughs> script, man. This is this is scary. <laughs> so when wow. you're doing uh, beyond our control is that when you're like okay i'm gonna write movies i can do i can do this i was way know? ahead of that i always wanted to write movies like I, okay. I i i was one of those of the generation that had the epiphany after jaws like i remember mm-hmm. seeing jaws opening friday 
remember vividly walking into an ice cream parlor afterwards, wrestlers at Scott's Mall, um, and just looking down at the tile and going, I'm going to Hollywood and write movies like that. Like I wanted to have that effect. Wow. So, yeah. And yeah. And my brother, like my brother's like, Oh, I want to be a doctor, maybe scientist. I'm like, and I committed to writing right away. And like, so for him to have Hollywood success is such bullshit. Whatever. <laughs> well, that's kind of, it's got to make the holidays a lot of fun. I'm, o- I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> it sounds like you're, you're, you work through it. I did. Mean Girls is funny. Mean Girls is good. It, it is. Oh, yeah. It's it good. Is. But, but you know, the thing I like about Heather's, oh, oh, the, what the podcast is about? Hello. Um, <laughs> uh, that the thing I like about Heather's is it, that not everybody likes it. I love the fact that not everybody loves it. I love the fact that you find your people by liking Heather's or even by not liking mm-hmm. Heather's. Yeah. Like I, my favorite story is somebody, a couple came up to me after a screening and told me about they were on a double date with other people. They came out of the theater. They all went to Heather's, all four of them. They came out talking about how much they loved it. And their his girlfriend and her boyfriend were like dead silent. And then they said, well, we hated it. So like, they pretty much yeah. broke up right afterwards and started going out. Like I, if I can, if that, that should be the litmus test of a successful movie. If you can, you can break up two couples and create two, yes. another couple, trade two more couples. I don't know if the, the Heather's haters went out with each other, but you know. Well, but, I, I mentioned in the episode that we talked about Heather's that, I saw Heather's, uh, I was in high school when I saw it, and it became such a a heavily quotable movie. I mean, it became, it was so immediately culturally relevant. People were dropping quotes from it right and left, and you had either, it was sort of like, um, you knew you were in the right circle of people if they got the quote. Uh, because either people didn't get the quote because they never saw the movie and had no clue what you were talking about, or they got it, they loved it, and they were like, oh, it, this is our people, because we're the people that liked Heather's. And you were the one that had, for friends of yours who didn't see Heather's, you had to initiate them in seeing Heather's. Absolutely. Yeah, drop everything. So it, it was drop everything. See, I love that story. I, for, I forgive you for not for hating Batman Returns. Okay. <laughs> that was a good story. No, but it was. We're, it was we're a good movie again. that people would say, I've never seen it. I'd be like, no, 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 we're not going out. We're No, we're going to stay here. We're going to watch this. It was, That's I mean, it yeah, was Yeah, because you, you, guys, you guys were, because it it did have that kind of reaction. You guys, I mm-hmm. thought, were a little, you and Patrick were a little all like, well, it didn't do well at the box office. It didn't do well at the box office. But, you know, it was never going to be, um, you know, it was never going to be a huge pretty and pink hit. Um, it was, it, but, but it was all, but the, fen- the, you felt the phenomenon as a first time screener, like, like I didn't, I wasn't counting the box office. I was like, hey, people are talking about it. This mm-hmm. is great. I mean, the funniest story me and Michael Lehman have is that we were at a dinner party soon after, soon after this came out, and the director of Mannequin was at this at, at, the, at this dinner party, and Mannequin was a huge hit. Yeah, box office smash. <laughs> guy Michael Gottlieb, and he he had a nervous breakdown in front of us. He was so fucking angry at us. Why do you get all the meetings? Why do people talk about Heather's? Mannequin made, Mannequin made so much more money than Heather's did. And like, well, we didn't want to say like, well, you know, the whole it being a piece of shit thing kind of hurts you in the industry. <laughs> right. 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 
Maybe yeah, Mannequin Two on the. You'll get to do Mannequin Two in the move. I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah, crystal ball. You'll have that. You get that feather in your cap. But, yeah, and then you know. And I think, well, I think we talk. I was just going to say, I think part of the reason why we talk or why we've spent so much time talking about it not being successful is not because it didn't deserve the success. But mm-hmm. what we're fascinated by is, first of all, we think we, we were so shocked that it wasn't such a big success because on video, right. it was an enormous success. Um, yes. And it, it really there's a lot of story there. And I'd, I'd love to get your get your perspective on this. Well, it's funny. On, I, I, I hate the like I spent so much time hating on the video box. Sure. Like, the vi- like this is a picture of them hugging and like the yeah, blackboard and like it's so <laughs> fucking lame. Yeah, it should have like a yeah. classic foreign film poster for the ages. And like I've always hated it. But then, you know, talking to people who've seen video, that video box cover was gold yes. because it made the movie look so lame and PG that no video store person would turn you down when you tried to rent it. So it was like, it was so it, legions of people got to bring it home because, mm-hmm. oh, this, I can rent this to this eight year old child because yep, it's it completely, looks so innocent. It's Look at so these smiling com- children. It's really well. innocuous. The coolest kids, the hottest movies. Boy, that sounds like a, that sounds like a Frankie Avalon picture. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I for think us too, it, it's fascinating because it came out at such a unique time for New World Pictures. Correct. They were, yeah. you know, the, the sort of financial distress that they were in. They're not sure what to do with this movie. Like that part is, so amazing now you and you mentioned at the top that you saw a lot of new world movies were you excited that new world was going to make this like how did you get I, how did it how did like, new world like get even, even your t- even your t-shirt is awesome like there's something about the new world logo mm-hmm. and i worked and it also had to do i didn't i saw a lot of them in theaters but you know i also worked in a video store around that time and when you line them up they had that cool little i love the logo and you line them up and they all have a cool little uh-huh. like, like I don't like new, new Line, Hemdale, DEG, these these Vestron. They didn't have the same kind of ambiance that New World did. Like, and so I always had a. They weren't always great. Like, but I, but every one of them went to my eyeball, <laughs> my eyeballs. Like, yeah, Jake Speed, the Australian Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, <laughs> not a good one. <laughs> but, but, but you the, watched it. <laughs> oh yeah tough turf but i love crimes of passion i mean i have the oh my god i oh i was i didn't get a chance to listen to your screwballs episode because i want to <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, was a, uh, that was a that's particularly big hit with mark too yeah that was on a, oh, that was geez. on my top five retrospective for our first year my one of my oh, top geez. five favorites did you and you did hard bodies recently we well no i watched hard bodies recently but we did talk to courtney Gaines, who was in hard oh bodies, yes and children, also of children of corn, corn. Corn. so yeah, we corn. spoke with him yes. about that movie a little bit because as i as hard I, bodies I, was not was not new world that's what i thought i was like if that was new world i'd be demanding to be a second appearance because <laughs> that movie is a unique atrocity in so many ways yes. of, the, of, the, of the protagonist becoming the villains and like these yeah. sleazy guys and like mm-hmm. but the the opening credit sequence is the purest distillation of teen <laughs> movie sex comedy that it's such a beautiful thing i think i think it i unironically think it's a work of art and that song is perfect but enough yeah. hard bodies 
No, you're right. Up. You, you. I remember you tweeted at me and you said that it's uh, the opening of Hard Bodies is greater than the opening of Touch of Evil. I tell the truth. What can I say? <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's true because they both have an explosion at the end. <laughs> oh yes, that was good. Um, well, well, I was definitely naive to um, New World's uh, financial level. Like you know. Uh, I was just happy they were releasing the movie and like, <laughs> I didn't know I was getting out of Dresden 10 minutes before the bombs hit, like, you know, the, <laughs> and we, yeah. and we did, we did beat under the boardwalk. So that's right. That's right. They were the last, you guys beat them. You weren't the, the last, you were they second were the to last there. Yeah. But, and, um, you, when you, when you got into, well, new here's, world, here's a, here's a, can I just say one last thing about the box sure. office? The problem is, it was supposed to be a if you would have been a platform release, a, a pure platform release, because the movie killed in New York and San Francisco and, and playing in one theater. It was breaking mm -hmm. per screen average, per screen average box office records in New York and for San Francisco. And even like Los Angeles proper, like the played, I remember played one of the theaters in Westwood where and Phoebe Cates and Jennifer Jason Lee were there opening night. And it was just like it was it was packed, sold out all shows that night. It was awesome. The problem is they also opened it in Rancho Cucamonga and Puente Hills and like, you know, like 60 theaters in 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 Los Angeles where they all it died a horrible death. But the one theaters in the big cities, it did well. And you guys, I, they we had ads the second week. It was yes. the th it was the third week where it all went down, but the second week, I I, I was already selling out on MG MGM Grand, which was a hotel in the sky where you fly with celebrities. I was with Joel Silver, already selling out to write an Andrew Dice Clay, Rennie Harlan movie. We were, we were flying to meet David Bowie to play the villain because David Bowie liked the script right there. See, it was a good script. I tell you, David <laughs> Bowie. Anyway. <laughs> He liked he liked the, uh, the Heather script or he liked no he liked Ford, Ford Fairlane Ford Fairlane okay. yeah so, I, I liked but, Ford Fairlane a I lot. did too so oh I didn't hear that the other day <laughs> yeah we didn't get to talk but, about that one we did it, yeah. it was right to boy <laughs> Catwoman sucks <laughs> um, but your version of Catwoman did not make the screen to be fair oh yes but but my version of Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman made the screen. And still yes, didn't get any yes. love over here. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but but I, do, I do remember we had a great ad the second week. And it was a full page ad in the New York Times at all these critics. And it was great. And I was welling up with tears. And I was looking at this ad. And Penny Marshall happened to be on this flight. And Penny Marshall says, hey, kids, stop staring at your fucking ad. <laughs> Which is such a Penny Marshall thing to say. But, well, um, I guess another dropping, reason... dropping names right and left on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we love it. Um, that's as long it. As we don't say your name. That's, that's the right. Most important. <laughs> that's yours. <laughs> yours remains a secret. <laughs> but the thing again that we're talking about when we talk about the box office is that you know Denise Denobi talks about the fact that she is the one that bought the ad for that second week. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, New World wasn't promoting it at all. That's why I think we look at it not like, hey, why yeah. didn't they make money? It's more like what a tragedy that they were just falling apart and they couldn't give this movie the support that it deserved. Yeah, know? yes, yes. It, it's it's true. It was a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we think it is. But, uh, so. Yes, 
but you know now you just you're just grateful for i mean even at the time you're just grateful that anything gets out there at all like sure. it, it could because i'm sure there's a lot of new world pictures that never got it never it's got because i had to deal with them at the video store which i was working at so. <laughs> right that but, video but it, store was at a mall right it was it was not in a mall it was in a well you're right it was in a mini mall mini mall yes mini mall by the freeway um yeah, yeah, but you know the new, but New World in itself, I have such a fondness for it, the logo. I mean, having done Hudson Hawk, the TriStar logo when that Pegasus comes out, <laughs> I mean, I break out in hives every time I see, every time I see the TriStar logo. But but New World logo and pleasant, yeah, endorphins. Yeah, it has that nice little tingle there. It has a nice little setting, yeah. uh, very very light. Yeah, they usually they it. usually the movie let they allow the movie to overlay their own music over the, the unfolding sure. logo. So. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, now really speaking nice. of that video store, that that is the video store where you wrote Heather's, right? So you were writing yes. Heather's on on paper on on yes. handwritten I, the first. Time. I, I think I, I think I need another job in the video store to get a good script out. <laughs> Because it because it was it, it's, it's it's actually a great place to scribble out of, of a screenplay because you're constantly surrounded by movies, and you're con and it, it's not taxing on the brain like a real job. Mm -hmm. So right. you're always being right. able, to, like I'll my writing process has always been, I'm I hate movies where the 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 screenwriter sits by a computer and like it says fade in and just is staring and he or she's just staring like. Oh my God, what am I going to write? Like, I hate that. And then all of a sudden, like a storm happens and they, uh, they start typing everything up right in a row and pages fly off a calendar and it's done. It's a masterpiece. Like, I hate that. Like, for me, I'm, I came up with, you know, just the basic thought of like, what if Stanley Kubrick made a teen film? And so I just collected little acorns, little bits and pieces here and there. And then it turned out, you know, it, finally I had the structure of an idea and then I, I cut it down to a nice 200 pages and thought, thought I had <laughs> and then, thought I had a shooting script. And then you typed it up on a typewriter. Finally, yes, on a typewriter though. Like people then, like, could you send me the original file for her? It's like I don't know. I guess I got <laughs> eventually put it on a computer, but <laughs> you can scan the pages and. But yeah, yeah, no, I wrote it out by hand, then wrote it out again by hand in a way I could read it, and then typed it. <laughs> but yes. And, the and then and then it gets to Michael Lehman, right? Because because of Larry, is that or well, did you yeah, already yeah. have the same agent? No, no, it was definitely through the USC mafia of my friends who all, I, I I like room with not just Larry but Scott Alexander and a couple other people. Oh, it was two hundred dollars a piece for a huge place in Silver Lake. It was those are the days. <laughs> um, uh, but, and, you, and you slept in a, a, a like a box, right? A old oh my fridge god! Box. How do you know that? Like, okay, <laughs> oh yeah, that was another thing. You guys like, I go, okay, what should I talk about? That is, and like, then you go, well, he said this in the interview number fourteen. And like, what? You read all my interviews? Like, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bankrupt. <laughs> um, but I didn't know you knew about the refrigerator box. Yeah, sure. You had a fridge box until you eventually got well, a nobody told me mattress no, that, no, uh, no, that you no, got off the street that somebody had died on. And Where is this printed? I don't remember this being printed. It's, not printed. It's, it's handwritten. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, it was also it was also back in the day where 
AIDS has much more of a stigma. So we have found out mm -hmm. the, the reason we got the place so cheap is because the, the previous tenant had died of AIDS and it was his mattress. So I was a ground, I was groundbreaking and saying, you can't get AIDS from sleeping on a mattress. <laughs> so I was, I was before my time. Yes, indeed. <laughs> really, really bro broke a lot of, broke a lot of bridges there, barriers. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> the scientific method right there. Yes. <laughs> um, so you get it to Michael Lehman. Michael Lehman has a deal with New World, and this is how we, we're getting. I'm just bringing us up. To yeah, speed yeah, to New you, World. you know, you know, it, it's funny because I mean, I'm always like when I give advice to young people, I'm always like naivete is the greatest thing in the world. Like, think your movie's gonna get made by Stanley Kubrick because you know, don't it like like people ask me if you could go back to your 18 year old self, what would you tell them? I say nothing because <laughs> people know way too much about people know way too much about how hollywood works now what's what oh they read in variety what's hot like what's selling like you know what's selling you know that's like you, nobody knows what's selling by the time it's right, by the time right. report variety reports it's selling it's the light of a star of a planet that died a thousand years ago but anyway right yeah. um but yeah, they so, chase trends so like, so it's like i would i would to... i would never written heathers if i had any sense in myself so but so i still thought okay if i can't get stanley kubrick i'll get alan parker you know, like, oh, <laughs> and I was, I'll settle for Alan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So, so, when I'm so when I'm told that they gave it to their friend, Michael Lane, who did the student film Beaver Gets the Boulder, it was a bit of adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't have, have to realign your expectations a little bit. And, you have to this, say, okay. This, this guy's calling me and giving me notes how to cut down my two pages of paper. Like, bitch. <laughs> who the fuck are you? Hey, I got a boner right here. Um, uh, yeah but but i mean he was i mean he was obviously great and and right, like right. and i and i think like you know for all my stanley kubrick talk i mean the movie is both me and michael layman have our pretentious we're going to make the greatest teen film never made blah 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 but we also will undercut everything if we can get a good joke out of it like right and like just remember the just remember the panning after the strip cocaine scene, which you had a lot to talk about, I remember. Um, <laughs> but there's like two balls next to the, the croquet mallet. And I'm like, ah, the layman touch. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, what are the rules for strip yeah, I can't. I can't figure it out. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's like any other. I mean, you get it through a wicket. The other person's got to room, remove some clothing. I mean... Okay. It can, es it can escalate. Okay. I mean, okay. I mean, I mean, you get through a wicket. There's a lot of wickets. There's a, how many wickets? <laughs> Nine wickets. You can. That question me. just shows you how smooth Ryan is with the ladies. Like, well, what are the rules of strip strip croquet here? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You hit them over the head with a mallet. And right. start I, I don't want to get anything wrong here. Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to be the Pure idiot sex. during my first strip cro croquet game. Yeah. Like, I mean, Ryan, you're, you're doing it rules. wrong. Ryan, you weren't supposed to take off those what? clothes. I wasn't. I mean, you you've played strip pool before, haven't you, people? Yeah, I have. Yeah. And, and did know. you refresh the rules before you played it? Or did you yeah. consult like a... It was on a chalkboard. Because it was in a public yeah. pool hall. I mean, we, we went to the <laughs> library and researched. Let me tell you, I, I spent way too much time thinking of these 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 such games. But I, I love how young people come up to me and like, so croquet was a thing in the 80s? And I'm like, yeah, late 80s, croquet, 
Kurt Cobain used to play it all the time. Like, you know. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. Well, for what it's worth, uh, I, I, I did I, I, I did for last Christmas by Ryan and Erica's son, uh, Croquet Set, just so yeah. that he could he could start, you know, getting ready for his teen years. That's it's, right. It's you gotta it's, start young. It's an aristocratic social game with, and as you guys said before, it's got an element of cruelty to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're trying to get rid of just knock the other people out of the way. So well, I mean, you know, that's how you keep the clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you clean dress, actually yeah. putting on yeah. clothes. Yeah. clothes. I put on a, a jacket. <laughs> yeah. And Everybody else is nude. Ryan's wearing three. Yeah, that's right. We 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 start nude, you know, and then <laughs> work your way in. We put clothes on. I start mm-hmm. nude. We've got some time. nice sh- nice shapos and scarves by the end of it. <laughs> So when when the script does get to New World because Layman has the deal there, is that still the two hundred page version at that point? No, I think I think we cut it down to definitely. Yeah, we did a lot of work ourselves. Um, yeah, I think I think I got it down to one hundred thirty five pages, okay. and then and then the reality of like actually making the movie, um, cut it down even more, but. Um, you know, again, again, even now, it's just like, it was amazing how many hurdles we just, gen- because it was not Michael Lehman and Denise Novi were, and myself were all represented by the same agent, Bobby Thompson and William Morris. Mm-hmm. And Bobby, Bobby's an amazing agent, amazing first agent. For some reason, we all grow egos and leave her. She was James Cameron's first agent. She was Tim Burton's first agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's great at the, like discovering weird talent that 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 nobody nobody else wants oh look at bobby's new client look at this loser <laughs> and then bobby we're stealing your client now <laughs> and yet uh, there's also steve white right he was the executive at new yes, world correct steve white was the big gun yeah yeah and um, I, I've, I've seen you speak highly of him I, when we, we've talked about steve white on this podcast when we uh, talked to tony randall who was also a former executive who ended up uh, directing directing yeah. too and he um uh he was spoke very highly of steve was he yeah. like helpful to you guys yeah he he had he had a comedy background actually he had done improv and things like that and and you no know, he got this good but you know he was definitely um he was definitely the last word. And I think we had some other executives, Randy Levinson, Laura Lee, who I remember who were, who were really giving us like, but Steve was the one who said, Hey, um, like I, I was going to try and find the memo to at least hold up, even though um, they, I found a new world memo with new world logos. They oh, said, wow. I couldn't find it. It had four notes though, which is pretty, one of them was too many fucks, which which is de- <laughs> which is de- which is definitely a rule a rule that I hold today. I think, huh? Oh, you got to use those judiciously. I mean, you got they're valuable. They got to harness them. Like nothing's worse than when you script that says fuck 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 in the first three pages. It's like because you know usually you know you have your actors who's going to throw those in anyway. So, but mm-hmm. but but I'm a big believer in the seven golden fuck rule like you know that you get seven <laughs> through the movie like you know so fuck me gently the chainsaw you know you want that to be want that to be a golden 
first like virginity killing home run like right off the bat like okay Seriously. okay this guy's this guy's not just throwing fuck around he's yeah. he, he's he's put, he's putting lasers on it all right that's right that's right so, <laughs> so steve said that so that memo that that was from steve or from just the executive it was it was from all the, everybody and then the the, it, the the script went through so many endings right um, right and, and then you know, maybe change the original ending, which is yeah, there, there was a blowing up the school ending, where and then the prom in heaven, and then there was just Winona, like I think you guys talked about it pretty explicitly, um, where you know she wears the bomb out of the boiler room, and blows herself up, Jesus Christ style. So I, I all, my, all my, most of my scripts end with the girl pulling a messiah move and killing her, killing herself for the sins of the high school. And Catwoman died in Batman Returns, but you know, then they took that away from me. Like, I'm trying to give these. Tra- I'm trying to make tragic heroines here, people. Is <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that how what you originally did with Hudson Hawk? He really just blew himself oh, up yeah. with a bomb. Oh, jeez. Or did you just make that just Bruce Willis? <laughs> that was yeah. Oh boy. All, all threads dead die in Hudson Hawk. it's it's fun um i actually uh, like the movie as i said the episode i actually i've always been i I get lots i get more comments for hudson hawk now than anything like i mean i think you know i say tragedy to plus time equals comedy so (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's working beautifully like like even demolition man is some sort of classic now which is crazy which is fun yeah um we're only but, 10 um, years away from from the i guess we're 10 years away from uh, from that happening but also somewhere in that 10 years we're gonna have the fast food wars so i mean somewhere uh, we've already we've already passed so many things yes <laughs> you know the, there's a thing in demolition man somebody pointed out to me that that there's a list of prisoners with wesley snipes at the start of the movie and one of them is scott peterson before he killed his wife so i even predicted <laughs> Scott Peterson killing his wife, so I'm I'm, I'm that good. Wow. Um, but yes, and then you guys, you get. I don't know how you found out about the ending. I basically only let my brother read, which is, which is the um, to repeat, who didn't listen to all eight Heather's podcasts. Um, uh, <laughs> that that ended up being my favorite ending, but of her coming up to. Martha dump truck just as she goes down. Hey, want to see some new releases? And and Martha getting up, stabbing her in the stomach, and saying "fuck you, Heather," and yep. then saying "I can walk" like Doctor Strange love, but then <laughs> falling down and falling down next to as blood comes out her mouth, and she's saying "my name's not my name's not Heather, my name's not Heather, my name's not Heather," <laughs> and then they both crack up laughing. She'd go to black. Heather's waters layman forever <laughs> but, yeah. but w- w- would have been the best but but it's like i have i still have a hard time i like i know what the i know what the people wanted. i knew they wanted that ending that i gave them sure and sure and i've gone back and forth on that like i didn't like it at the time and i certainly didn't like critics a lot of critics saying well it was a stinging satire until that ending like i didn't write that in. um but <laughs> But I've I've had I've grown because so many people come up to me and saying how like the ending is important to them, including the people that created Heather's the musical. Like they said, if it wouldn't have had that happy ending, they would have never 
thought of making Heather's as a musical. And I love Heather's as a musical because I Heather's is too close to me. Like I can't, I can't. Mm. It's, mm-hmm. it's like hosting a party. You're always like trying to find get more ice and make sure all your guests are happy. But seeing Heather's as a musical was like me with me without Heather's, and it was so much fun. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big worshiper of the musical. But so 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 not the TV show though. You were not a fan of the TV show. I I. I was I didn't hate the TV show and okay. like I, I like okay. I ended up like the first it was misguided its premise was misguided of like yeah. having the like with ending up being satire political correctness with the outcast being the Heathers like you know you're 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 getting thrown at first base you're already yeah. you're already off mm-hmm. but then but yep. then by like the fifth episode it was really dark and really kind of good and I. I kind of liked it, and now they're do- now um, the, the ownership of Heather's since New World went out of business. It, right, like I'm surprised you got uh, any. As Andy Warhol said, everyone will own 50- Heather's for 15 minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> it has gone through kind of transatlantic to Lakeshore. Now Village Roadshow. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Are they, that's where uh, it landed. They owned it, and they've been. They've hired me as a godfather for their attempt at a TV series, which is Veronica Sawyer today. And she's living with a gated community. They're not going to call it Karen's, but it's more like, but okay, okay. Karen's <laughs> instead of Heather's. So it's with a gated community with um, fake liberal women, like all this, but it's actually some funny, funny stuff. But would that, but, that would appease Winona Ryder, who has always wanted that Heather sequel. You'd think. She's not returning her calls. So, oh, really? Like, okay. Do you have well, the right she's, number? She, she's like, she's like, where do you get off not writing it? Like, you know, <laughs> she's like, gotten wait, mad at you for not like, writing. Why? I, I got to show up every episode, and you're just going to be the Godfather in the background. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, because she's been pretty excited. I read an article like maybe eight years ago. She was still sort of saying like, "Where's that sequel?" Yeah, yeah. She's she's she, she more than ever since she's on TV. She's become more than ever a movie snob. She's like, "Where's my movie?" Okay, I, I don't want to show. Up show up in this Kate Bush show. Yeah. <laughs> well, funny story about the funny story about running up that hill being a huge hit now from Stranger Things. It was in the one of the first drafts of Heather's began with her. And this is embarrassing in case you're thinking too much too much of my skill. I had a scene where it it the, the album had just come out or it come out very recently and mm-hmm. I had a scene mm-hmm. it opened with Veronica doing her dear diary while jogging to jogging to the song running up my hill so i, I get it she's running up the hill and, 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 and she's running up that road yeah so, no problems um and then and, and winona's like please don't make me jog please don't make me run please don't make please don't make the first image of the film me in sweatpants you know jogging says so like so and writing that's that's a lot it's a lot going no, on n- no kate bush no running so but couldn't couldn't use the song somewhere else yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we believe me our music budget we couldn't even get like <laughs> yeah, right. like i want i the, the, one of my favorite parts of the script that did get shot is like i wanted to go full like have a fake wham band do teen- the song teenage suicide don't do it with 
you know, lavish production numbers, mm-hmm. kids being pulled out of ovens and like, you know, like I really wanted it. To, so it was kind of like when it's just playing on the radio, it didn't, it, it's a bit of a disappointment. <laughs> so uh, I heard also that um, in terms of casting, um, you and Michael Lehman talked about that New World wanted to cast Justine Bateman instead of Winona Ryder for a, for yes, a, it was, a, a weekend. Uh, a ra- yeah, ra- yeah, it was a rather sweaty Justin Bateman weekend. And now I'm going, I think Justin Bateman is pretty cool now. She's cool Oh, sure, now, sure. Than she may have been then. But you guys um, were, were uh, you guys wanted Winona at that point. And then they, want, they well, wanted Justine Bateman. Well, this Bateman. is a whole story. This is, a, I mean, unfortunately, much to my chagrin as I get reminded about all the time, I had seen Square Dance and Lucas, and Winona, <laughs> Winona is an excellent, unparalleled actress in those films. Great. She was just not the beauty that I expected. The man who had Jennifer Connelly Labyrinth pictures over his desk while he was writing mm-hmm. the thing that, that I thought, you know, Jennifer Connelly would be the perfect um, Veronica Sawyer. Mm-hmm. So, so when... And, you know, Michael was good friends with Michael McDowell, who wrote Beetlejuice. And, um, and Michael McDowell is the one who gave the script to Winona Ryder. And, and Michael, Michael knew how talented she was. So mm-hmm. he's like, mm-hmm. I, I, and, and when, when Winona warmed me over pretty quickly when she said, this is the greatest piece of literature I've ever read. And I'm like, well, <laughs> okay, you weren't. <laughs> We're quite a beauty in square dance, but I'm sure, like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree, we can do we can do wonders here. Um, a woman of a woman of such unparalleled intelligence can must be must find a way around this. Um, but yeah, and you know, and I can't overemphasize what she brought to the role. It's like sure. You know, and Certainly. you know it was it was taking a natural production pro- pro- progression to more likable and more because um, she was basically Travis Bickle in the first drafts of the script. She was a willing participant in the deaths. There were more deaths, like yeah, um, like even the 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 yearbook staff got it originally. Yeah, yeah, he got it. He was he was much more of a, a yuppie caricature. And he he got it and like and and she and I mean eventually <laughs> she saw that moment like oh god maybe I shouldn't be killing these people like I I feel terrible <laughs> like but but you know but that you just know, up I mean, to you <laughs> yeah but it was just like okay I mean if people felt that it feels weak now you should see how weak it felt when she was covered in blood like God this is not the way to live my life. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, and Winona just made it like you're on her side, mm-hmm. you know, which, yeah. which, which, yeah. which I, can, you know, I can't just type Veronica. She's sympathetic. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> right, right. Did you try to tailor it at all for her, though, once she was officially cast? Did you try to write it a little bit more? No, 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 because no? she, no, no, because she, I mean, she, I mean, she literally thought this was Shakespeare and Shakespeare. Like, so I just try to make it, well, she seems that Shakespeare. I just tried to improve it, try to make okay. it better. Right. Okay. And, and like, and, you know, I didn't write it for Christian, you know, I was like, how can I make this more Jack Nicholson? Like, <laughs> <laughs> funny story, me and Michael Lehman were like, you know, hey, Christian's kind of going strong, the 
Jack Nicholson thing. You're like, don't worry, we'll fix it in editing. And, then, and like, and we're in the editing room. It's like, oh yeah, he's a little too Jack there. He's a little too Jack there. Oh fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, oh well, we're doing such a great job with this performance. Oh my god, people are never gonna know that he was like Jack Nicholson. This is genius. Oh my god, we're we're brilliant. Look, look what we've done. We've taken all the Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and then people see the movie like, whoa, what's with the Jack Nicholson? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you just saw take ones. <laughs> so that wasn't. That's really we were, curious that you say that. We were so. we were going to CGI a Jack a Shining post in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but I would have taken the entire budget at that point to yeah. do it. <laughs> but then that wasn't a like a, a, th that wasn't a directorial decision or a writing no, decision that was just all. christian slater being like i think i know how i, I want to do this although you guys although you guys point out that um uh that that, that he kind of sounds like that he, yeah he, yeah he he did stick to it he's like well shit i'm gonna do this for yeah. cops like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like mm -hmm. you know that he, he kept it going so he, he kept kinda, it going he, yeah he kind of does talk like that and like yeah. and tina fey who i had met who was ashamed for writing Mean Girls. I mean, she, she pretended to be ashamed like that she stole from me. But I went to one episode of Saturday Live and they did a sketch. I say for me, uh, I was in the audience of Jack Nicholson and Sean and, and Jack, Jack Nicholson and Christian Slater on a conference call together. And they said, <laughs> no, this is Jack. No, this is still Christian. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, one person in the audience laughing, but if that for dress, that wasn't make it that didn't make it for no, that, that was in the show. That was in the show. Oh, really? Wow. That oh, episode, yeah. I that episode, I going on a tangent now, but this episode that episode, um Alec Baldwin was the host. And the, and there's a there's a in the DVD, the best of Alec Baldwin on the Saturday Live, there's a sketch with him and Seth Myers. And it has a moment where a music cue happens and I laugh so loud and I'm the only one. And you, so you can, so if you, if you go to the DV, you can find my laugh. If I ever go on the Seth Meyers show, I'm going to, I'm going to have to bring that up, but because I'm sure he's like, who's that fucking guy. That's going to be your Mac and me uh, clip. That you bring yes. to the show. Absolutely. You got a new movie, Daniel? Yes, I do. Yes. I'd like to hit it right now. Um, so, like at the point when they, when, when New World, like they don't cast Justine Bateman, she says no. They back off and they kind of let you guys do whatever. It was that basically what happened. They kind of like said, "All right, do what you guys need to do now. Yeah. Cast whatever. Do whatever you guys need to." Yeah, they 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 knew they weren't going to get it off. The, whatever steam they were going to get for the movie was not going to be off casting, and they and. And, you know, teen mm. films did mm. have a reputation of like, I mean, Days and Confused came way at, came way after, but like even like the original American Graffiti, these are movies that the teen film, like nobody nobody thought um, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High was star studded either. Mm -hmm. So right, so it's just right. like okay, we're, it's just one of those films. It's an ensemble, but they had faith. We like we had created the illusion that we're making some sort of. Um, movie that's never been made before and we i mean the fact that we were right we still had to like create an illusion um but and and you no know, we knew beetlejuice was going to be a big movie they thought beetlejuice was going to be a big movie so she had she had a certain sizzle to her 
Right. And, yeah. And right. and and Cassian Christian Slater was he also had like an up and coming thing. Yep. Um, he was in the name the name of the rose. I mean, yeah. there was that. Yeah, and he he was in the background of Fifty Shots and Tucker, but you know, but every every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. Oh, uh, uh, you, you know, that's that's that was a really good Tucker joke. <laughs> I'm bringing my Tucker jokes, man. I'm just I'm just enjoying. I'm using all my Tucker material tonight. <laughs> you know, it's um, actually that's a good Tucker joke. So yeah, so did New World get involved at all then during production at all? Were they or did they just they just there was no contact I mean with them. they I mean once they got the editing the ending squared away, it was an ending everybody approved of because I sucked up and gave them what they wanted. Like and and you know and you had to though, right? You, yeah, they, I they, had, they, yeah, that that they was wouldn't that have made was, it otherwise, right? Was, yeah, it was, I mean, we had an illusion of of like we're gonna put up a fight and see what they do, and then Michael Layman did each know because yeah, we'll change the ending, won't we, Dan? Like, Jesus, what, what, what were those three seconds? What, what happened to the big fight? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that's when I knew I'm not even gonna, not even gonna show them the fuck you Heather ending. Um, yeah. But and you but, didn't uh, shoot that. You didn't. You only shot the we, one. We ending. did. We didn't. We only shot the one. Ending, yes. Okay. Yeah. Because Patrick um, Labertow talked about how they had those white suits, all the white outfits, just in case they did the prom in heaven, and he was yeah, kind of keep- yeah. I did. I did. I even I didn't know about that, and oh, and really? I I I um, but um, yeah. The the prom in heaven was killed from the get go too, like before, way before we started shooting, as far oh, okay. as I was concerned. So, so yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I mean. I mean, we had a considerable amount of. I mean, you never think you have enough money, but considering we had real money, so it was. I thought it was a. I mean, for, as a writer, you know, I, I ended up directing a couple of films, and I realized I was very naive. Like, you know, I, I never met a lunch penalty I didn't like as a director. <laughs> like, you know, and, but when when you say make your day, what do you mean by that? Um, that's, that's my is that imitation. important that's in my imitation being director like yeah so you so i find naps are very creative for my writing is that similar with directing can i do that do i get do i get a nap time or not can we build that into the where's yeah. the production manager can we build yeah. that into the schedule i'm sweepy <laughs> uh yeah so and yeah, and the like, they they were very hands off, and like I think with the rest of the casting too. I mean, you guys had mentioned that Heather Graham did an immaculate um, Heather Chandler, mm-hmm. but um, but her parents said I was Satan, and you know, <laughs> yeah, they, they were not far wrong, but you know, still. <laughs> yeah, Michael Lehman said he begged them and tried to have them know, reconsider, but. You don't let your daughter say "fuck me gently" with chainsaw seventeen. She's going to do porn three years later, and like uh, for Paul Thomas Anderson. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Somehow the uh, Boogie Nights uh, script didn't seem to yeah. bother them at all. Well, so yeah, she, she was, was older, but she was eighteen. So the, how do you like me now, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> so was the first sign to you that that New World was having trouble? Then basically, once you guys got to that once the movie premiered or was there any signs leading up to it i mean <laughs> i mean 
Well, the first sign it was newer pictures, so you you knew you, <laughs> you, knew you weren't dancing in champagne, like you know. It's like, <laughs> so uh, we're not Paramount Classics. Oh, okay. Um, you knew you knew you'd done better than Jake Speed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, knew you were at least at the top of the catalog. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was never like we were going to have but have a thousand commercials and like you know and things like that so so i did but i didn't know it was like because they had a whole slate of movies still coming and like mm -hmm. it, feel, it feels right. like they always had movies coming right mm -hmm. and um and so, so you never thought well the the plug's gonna be pulled you didn't think it like i thought these little studios would last forever so when they started sure. dropping it was like you know it, it was it was a surprise but but you know, again, I was I'm probably too naive and too a naturally happy person because Heather's actually ended up. It was a strange thing. It ended up never leaving Los Angeles for months and months. It would always it's playing at the Crest tonight. It's playing at it's playing at this little theater in Westwood. It's playing this little theater in Hollywood. It's like it never quite left. Mm -hmm. and it was kind of fun, and I would always take a picture of of it on different marquees but it was always like something you could find yeah and and it was it, yeah and it was still like again it was like i was not counting box office receipts i was like it was still being talked about it like it was it was the the rolling stone hot issue winona was a hot actress christian slater was a hot actor and it was the hot movie, even though it, it was like playing at that point, like in two theaters in the in the country. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So, so it, it had a, a long afterlife sure. where I was probably the last person to know that, like, you know, it's those samurai movies where the guy gets their head cut off, but they take five seconds before they realize it's been cut <laughs> off. So, <laughs> they're still smiling. And then, <laughs> but so when uh, post Heather's uh, Michael Lehman and Denise Sanobi, they they went on to work on Meet the Applegates. Did uh, they, did you get to do any? Did you do any uncredited work on the script or anything? No, or no they... it was actually written by written with Michael and a good friend of mine, Redbeard Simmons, who I met at the time, and and they were always going to make Redbeard's movie first, and then Heather's just right. kind of ju jumped jumped the line, which Redbeard was not too happy about. But um, yeah, Meet the Applegates. I didn't like the poster. They said from the creators of Heather's. I'm like, you can say the makers of Heather's, but easy, <laughs> right. on, the, easy on the C word, guys. <laughs> um, so they changed creators, but like, but, but, and, and I, and, and if you go back and meet the, watch Meet the Applegates, a future episode, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's, it's got a lot going on about issues of the day of climate change and everything and like, mm -hmm giant cockroaches take over the world and it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely it's definitely i mean what you know it wasn't quite the scabrious thing that heather's was but it was it, it's right. definitely, it deserves more of an audience sure yeah because that one didn't get even released by new world that they had to like sell that one off and gets released by someone else essentially yeah so. it got released by fred corporate or something but yeah yeah so what did you do immediately after heather's what what did you oh my god i just went right to the pig trough <laughs> just you know because because i got offered all these like you know 
I have a club. I have like the hundred million dollar club of big movies that I was offered that I turned down, like for no no good reason. Like the Adams Family, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the adapt uh, adaptation of the novel Forrest Gump. Like it was just wow. <laughs> like, stop with that highbrow shit. And but like but I was a huge fan of Joel Silver, and Joel Silver was definitely. Joel Silver had that sense of humor and like I loved you know Lethal Weapon and Die Hard and mm-hmm. my movies with Joel were not quite as successful but but it was still they were still a great mixture of hard R action and comedy which unfortunately I led with the comedy a little bit and it was kind of like you end up in this cycle where the first movie I did Ford Fairlane probably the biggest Rotten Tomatoes drop of all time from Heather's of Ford Fairlane, but um, but yeah, and, and I and it's got it's called Falling Two, and I don't I, mind. I, I don't saw mind in the theaters, lot. and I I thought it was great. So it's got <laughs> it's got its eloquent fans. I I don't mind. I don't. I just shouldn't have only done two of them. I didn't. I, maybe Ford Fan or Hudson Hawk, but not Ford Fan Hudson Hawk and Demolition Man. No. Didn't but you that. said that the thing so, that maybe hurt that was Andrew Dice Clay then he they they postponed the the movie's release yeah well then and then he had that SNL episode that really exactly they they made it was supposed to open up against Bird on a Wire and Cadillac Man (laughs) I mean two glorious pieces of shit <laughs> like and 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 we were so fresh and Anandice Clay was so fresh and Anandice Clay yeah. like I thought he was a mockery of I mean he's a parody yes. of masculinity and I thought this is great mm-hmm. like I always called him he's my he's my inspector Clouseau machismo like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and then but then and then but they say let's push it back two months to build even more awareness because this guy's rising his star is rising and immediately after that those two months his star fell so far and and um like he, he became what he was parroting and it was just a right right now right now and by the time it was there like by the time it was released i was in new york shooting hudson hawk so like i called him my failing upwards period like well oh well ford fairly it's not getting good reviews but look what i'm doing now a bruce willis movie action movie in new york city baby <laughs> <laughs> can't lose now <laughs> At least, so, the, at least we know this is going to get better reviews. Um. <laughs> and I, you know what? I've been, I, I've been a fan of Hudson Hawk since back in the day. I, you know, I understand people. That, have o- that opened it, that but... opened up against Thelma Louise and Backdraft, and just like, hmm. that's a mm. tough one. That's a tougher one. That, 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 that is that's a tough. A, one. That's a tougher weekend. Like Thelma yeah. Louise. Like I used to get Thelma Louise reviews, people. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you get involved in Hudson Hawk because of Michael Lehman or because yes you... fucker <laughs> it's like when you have the director of your first movie and the producer of your second movie both begging you and you know highly recommend it if you you know there's plain hard to get and there's like generally not wanting to do it they pay you so much more when they, you generally don't want to do it. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> guys, guys, I understand everything you're saying. I just really don't want to do a big action movie right now. I want to go back to write. How much? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so and, then and, you did. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, and then Demolition Man, it only ended up being a two week rewrite. 
Right. You said you wrote that one pretty fast because you, yeah. it was again a rewrite, but you rewrote it completely. Right. I, I, I took a action movie made it a comedy and, and the comedy is what stands out more than the action in the future. Right. And, I, did, and, I, did, did, I did a Batman movie between those. Yeah, you did. Did, 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 did Stallone now I heard Stallone wasn't always a big fan of uh, all of a sudden the comedy being in there because oh my god it was so much there were so many laughs that got cut out like I mean I mean yeah I gave him these I gave, I gave everyone two big speeches Michael Keat cut out all my big speeches from Batman which was wise because Batman <laughs> shouldn't talk like sure, Christian, okay. Bale, Christian Bale giving speeches I love Dark Knight but he does way too many speeches where he mm-hmm. should be drinking a glass of Fiji because his throat's getting dry. But, um, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I gave Stallone, Stallone some very silly, like Woody Allen sleeper kind of speeches. But I thought Woody, I thought Stallone did the comedy quite well on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's one, the one scene in Demolition Man that I always wanted to cut because he had the whole thing with the, with the, um, with with the toilet paper and the seashells and all that that people remember, right? But, yes, uh, it was very fu- futuristic, futuristic movie. Then he goes, he tries to wash his hands, and it's the same shitty hair hand dryer that you still have today. And like yeah. he's like, this is the future. We still haven't figured this shit out yet. <laughs> 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 and don't so when you air blades. when you got into Batman Returns though, was that because of Denise Denovi? Yeah, I mean, Tim Burton was was aware of my work. Tim Burton, like, I mean, I'm sure Denise had a lot to do with it, but t- I had come in to meet on Beetlejuice 2 first. Right, and, right. And, and, um, and... Is Winona you know, asking you where the script is for that, too? She, she, I, I, I had a whole new family. <laughs> I had the White House. I was going to, I was cutting her out of the Beetlejuice 2. So, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Don't, t- don't tell him that. But <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like I, I thought he wasn't as into it as I wasn't into it. But then, okay. Then they were trying to get everybody to do, do a Batman script, and then, then I came in with the take on Catwoman, and which was completely unique and not like the comics, which bothers some Batman fans, but didn't sure, bother Tim sure. Burton because Tim. I mean, it's. I know you hate the movie over there. But but, <laughs> but 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 it was com- it's comical to think how we were not we didn't have to go before a tribunal to talk about Batman like we were just like oh Tim Burton and Dan Wise gonna go off and do a Batman movie like you know we had no rules and and so we like and like Burgess Meredith God he was so weird in those TV shows like was he a mutant No he wasn't a mutant he was just a gangster like let's mm-hmm. make him mutant. And, um, <laughs> Right. And Catwoman, she was a sexy, sexy cat burglar. Yeah, it seems a little lame. Let's give her this whole other thing. So, you know. And again, the, you movie, you... the movie's not a the movie is not a well, certainly not a, a well-timed Swiss watch, but <laughs> it, it, it's it's got, it has its joys to me. Sure, so. sure. And, and are you glad you were doing that? You guys got to go off and go make your version and there wasn't really the internet yet? You didn't oh have my to hear god! It, yes, like... no. I mean, it was, it was. I mean, I don't know how that movie would have. There's a lot of things that don't know existed before the internet, but it's amazing what we didn't have to go through and like, and and just because I went to a screening of Dark Knight Rises with Christopher Nolan spoke afterwards, like, 
Well, I found things I liked about the first Burton Batman, not the second Batman. <laughs> they oh, broke no. too many too many rules. I had no respect oh. for Batman. Right. Oh, no. I guess like, you should skip the eight I, years. I, <laughs> I'm going to go to the restroom now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, well, I have a, I have a good friend. He says it's Batman Returns is a is a Batman film for for people who hate Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Mark. That should be your thing. Yeah, that's, there you go, Mark. Yeah. So we can all we can, we can, we can all agree favorite. on that. Daniel's already got it. I don't need to take this. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, it's, that's it's all good. He, 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 he I will it. say, uh, I, I, I work. I, in my, I have my day job is in advertising, and we did a uh, a pop up for at Comic Con, uh, do uh, redressing a Taco Bell in downtown San Diego to look like it was just out of Demolition Man. Oh, I heard they did that. That's fun. And it was a huge hit. There was a lot. There was lines all the way down the street to go in and see it. So. Uh, there's oh. a lot of love for Demolition Man, a lot. <laughs> That's it's what he says every time we bring up Batman Returns. <laughs> a lot of love for Demolition Man out there. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> hey, you haven't seen Heather's? Let's, I know what we're doing Friday night. <laughs> who wants Taco Bell? Who wants Taco Bell? <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, touche, yeah, touche. Yeah, yeah. He got you me got, there. You got Mark locked down there. Oh wait, I, let's see. Wait, I have a Lizanne Fox story. Oh yes, please. Because you guys, you guys kept trying to say Patrick, you were the one who was responsible for Lizanne Fox being cast. Well, that's something I had heard, but you well, know, I'm gonna blow your mind. Okay. Oh, oh, oh no. Shit. shit. Can we? Oh, I don't know if we. Well, can we pause it for two seconds? I gotta go get the book. You bet. Right. Yeah. Hold on. You oh. guys talk about Batman Returns amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got I got owned. <laughs> this look at this book. If you can see it, I'm sure yeah. your viewers at home can't see it, but right, Lizam portrait of a young model. It was a book that was my at the. I lived next to the mall growing up in Indiana. And for some reason, this book was in the bookstore there. And on my way home from school, I would look at it. I would look at pictures of Lizanne Falk and, and like daydream about her. Wow. <laughs> and then, so, so when I, when, so when she, so when like, like Heather, like Heather Duke, Shannon Doherty, we knew right away that mm -hmm. this bitch has got to play Heather <laughs> Duke, right? And and um, and then as you stated, she her Kim Walker was Cushion's girlfriend at the time, and I was like, I and I had been like, um, the movie says we'd be about three blondes. We got a lot of we got a lot of weird hair colors going on. We need an actual blonde, so the, Kim Walker was definitely help cast. But then, but then. When I saw Liz Ann Falk on the list, I'm like, oh my God, it's meant to be. Wow. <laughs> Liz Ann Falk, Portrait of a Young Model. And so, so that was the, the, the so book. I, I, I don't want to say, I mean, her audition helped. Sure. But mm -hmm. I was the one who pushed it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So no help from Patrick, even though they had done a movie right before this uh, together. So he did yeah. not help. Erase that from the record. Yeah, well, <laughs> strike it. Yeah, I know. I think that was just a happy accident. I think it's all me, baby. 
<laughs> and then she had to lie about her age too in the movie right she oh yeah not for a different reason like like when no like when no we had to deal with the fact that she had just turned 16 right but yeah lizanne was a little older she was no longer portrait of a young model like if i wait a second <laughs> wait a second if i'm reading a book about your teen model years in high school when i was in high school <laughs> not that i was old either i was i was old i was 25 at the time when the movie got made Oh, we had such promise. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was in her twenties. But 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 that's fine. As you as you guys stay, as you guys found another gold piece of anecdote, I like to talk about. You guys already had where I like to make fun of the extras in the movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like I like you guys already blew for me. Well, you know what? You it was a great confirmation for us because in a lot, as you can attest. A lot of these new world movies, especially if they're set in a high school, the extras in the background are always <laughs> like thirty to forty years old. I know. I'm, I mean, like, it's it's crazy. Like, like no one's ever going to notice. Like, no one will ever bother yeah, to look like, beyond the actors there, talking. There's, yeah, there's yeah. one hallway scene where you have just the delicate little little waif, this and then. Next to her is Walter Brennan and Dub Taylor and like suspenders and like you know, like... yeah. I mean, it's it's a real like it's it's something that seems to happen a lot. I think it happened in Tough Turf. Like we talked about yeah. a couple of movies where the extras just do not look like high school well, students. You got to put the extras to hell. I I did a summer camp movie where we used Happy Campers, Happy Campers, known by one person. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, but where's my nap um, but we oh my god it was it was the south though we 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 had all these kids we put them through hell made them work till 2 a.m but don't tell anybody that and it really showed up on screen they um, had to stay up that late because they were you, the, the director disappeared for two hours yeah, that's during right. the, that's <laughs> right. Shh, the director's sleeping <laughs> two hours that's a heck of a nap <laughs> yeah no you're I, gonna power through to two i mean you know you, yeah. you're gonna need that extra I, I actually hour. i actually i don't want me my nap time these first i i can set a cooking timer and wake up with 30 seconds left and do one hour naps perfect ne never fail i'm i'm brilliant <laughs> that's why that's why no one's gonna hire me as a director again anyway. yeah at that point when you did heavy campers and and you did sex and death 101 were you just kind of ready to just you know do something different than sort of rewriting these scripts and and you just kind of wanted to yeah you, you well you, you just you just want to because you know in a way directing it is cr crafting your your original vision and mm -hmm. like and I had a lot more fun directing Sex and Death 101, but I still think I was too too silly and fun as a director. I think it should have been darker and weirder. And like mm. Uh, mm. again, it was as good. I liked the script quite a bit for that movie, but I think it needed a different director. It wasn't me. Mm. But but I had a lot more fun doing that one. We talked a little bit about the the Heather series. Um, did they ask you to come back and and write for that at all? Um, well, I was talking with Kelly McGillis the other day. I'm like, um, no, I got, I got, I got McGillis. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, what's well, funny, even this new one is just like, like it, it feels like it was never crossed their mind that I could write it. It's like, you know, but mm -hmm. yeah, but, but, you know, part of me doesn't, I mean, it's not like, geez, I want to write like, 
I mean, I have like I have friends that have done one hit movie, like even my adventures babysitting friend Dave Simpkins. I'm like, he didn't get the call for his TV series. They want to do a TV series based on that too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a lot of people want to want to would want to do that. I don't want to like to me. I want plausible deniability when it comes to anything to do with that. It's like I love the musical. I like the TV series. Mm-hmm. I'm inspired by what they're doing with this new TV series. Mm-hmm. But I want like I want plausible deniability, like you know, like oh, I I was very supportive, but they got to do their own thing because I did I did my Heather's, yeah. like, and I I don't I don't want to have like let, let, at least not me, I've ruined my present and my future many times, but don't let me ruin my past. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, fair. That's yeah, <laughs> right, like, right. Don't start taking away things from me. Did, when you though when you work on vampire academy was that something like you felt like a little bit like you're treading back or were you trying to definitely not tread into heather's waters with that or because yeah yeah no i mean i think i mean it was i think i was i thought i could do to high school what i, I, I could do to young a ya vampire stuff that what i did to heather's kind of give it a twist and quirky and i love the i love the lead actress zoe deutsch i think she's with despite mm-hmm. my heart despite my weighing her down she's going to become a star um <laughs> like she she did my dialogue great and i loved her character and like um yeah i didn't think of it as i didn't think of it as, as i mean i just have a way even all my movies let's face it i'm not i'm not mr naturalistic dialogue but it's like you know i'm never going to be like he writes the way people really talk i'm not like <laughs> yeah it's just that's just not, but that's not my great yeah it's not my thing and i think you know some actors deal with it some don't like you know i mean my last my my latest project's been i finally finished my first novel and so oh cool that, mm. that got me allowed me to exercise the muscle i haven't been because i've been you know, my original scripts, the reason I don't have as many original scripts out there is like, uh, they're so weird and they're always 100, 200 pages. And then I end up putting them in a 119 page suitcase that you can't lift up. Like it's just too <laughs> packed. It's too crazy. Mm-hmm, so right. It's like, I thought I got to at least try a novel and then maybe adapt the novel and that'll get me back into screenwriting. But is it right so now, when it, do you know when the book is coming out is there like a date no, for no, it no one sold me yet no i'm kidding I, no, I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm still with book agents and doing the okay the okay oh that's great that's gonna yeah. be that's gonna be exciting uh we'll we'll, uh, look, we'll look forward to that i'll definitely yeah newer pictures already bought the rights to it so <laughs> nice. Yeah. nice you wow. did not get a good deal wow. on that i'm sorry to say yeah. yes. oh no yes oh no robert remy gave you what did, uh, yeah. that check must have bounced probably <laughs> yeah <That's> right. <laughs> he told me not to cash her right away yeah <laughs> so give it a few years <laughs> we got some uh, syndicated channels around the country we're still yes. waiting for some payments back <laughs> i think that's all they own at this point well uh this has been awesome oh, yeah oh so my gosh amazing. daniel so thank great. you so much thank you so much for coming on this was so great uh, all right man well that, that was that was that was fun i'm trying to think what new world movies i should be um what, what, what else is out there yeah what, which one is uh which one is your favorite well you know you guys have already done eight podcasts of one of my favorite new world movies 
Well, Which I love one? Death Race 2020, but oh. I mm. love Girls Just When I Have Fun. It's such an underrated movie. <clears throat> it is. It is. Denise Denovi worked on that one. That movie, that movie, I have such a soft spot. And Shannon Doherty was in it. and Yeah. And she was and, real young in that one. And, and she also, almost completely biffs it on a skateboard in that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, she does. Her reaction to being kissed by Jonathan Silverman is so disturbing and wonderful <laughs> and weird and perfect. And like, you know, it's, it's also weird that and, it even happens. It's weird yeah. that they even think that's a note we needed. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. also, doesn't, isn't that Jonathan Silverman does the come in Tokyo game in that movie? Yeah. Yep. Dial yep. in Tokyo. Tune in Tokyo. Jesus, Mark. God, you could do tune in Tokyo jokes back in the day. <laughs> I tell you. <ya>. You, <laughs> you could. There was a time. God we haven't done Jake Speed yet, though. So that's just nope. waiting for you. Oh, so. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Well. <laughs> On that note, let's end it on. Let's end it. I was like to end all my podcasts with Jake Speed references. <laughs> I've got the need for Jake Speed. Yes. Thank you again, Daniel. This was great. We really all right, man. It. This all is right. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, guys. Daniel. And that's it. That's our conversation with Daniel Waters. We want to thank him so much for Absolutely. coming on this podcast and talking to us about Heather's. Listening to it, I feel like we. We could have kept talking to him. We could have kept talking to him for hours. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like we 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 really had a good time with him. Uh, there was so much more we could have asked. And I say that because I hope Daniel's listening and he's ready to come back for part two sometime. <laughs> part two, which would actually part, be part, part three, three, three in the part series three, of, of Heather's series. The interview and then. I don't know if he wants to talk with if if Daniel wants to talk with me so much on the if we were to come back. I think maybe. <laughs> no, I, you're out. You're out. <laughs> You messed up. You're done. (laughs) You screwed up, Mark. You really screwed up. Yeah. What we're going to do, though, is when we reconvene uh, at some point, we're going to all have to sit down and watch Batman Returns. That's what we have to do. You have to do it, Mark. You have to do it. Uh, Don't you deep breath. You sit down. You do that. Daniel has shamed you enough. It is time for you to give that movie another chance. Because... you, your feelings about this movie are, what is it, uh, 1992, Mark? Yeah, you're right. A lot has <laughs> your changed. Your feelings about it now is 1992. A lot Mark's of maturing feelings. has happened since then. I have a much wider <laughs> you world. You now view. say maturing. That's one of the <laughs> That's things. Part of one it. of the many. One of the many. Um, I have a, a much broader worldview than I did then. Um, and hence maturing. Hence the maturing. Um, and I've watched a lot of New World Pictures movies, so it's... It's time. I, it's, it's time. It's time. I'll do it. It's time. I'm going to do it's it. It's time. I'm going to do it. So hopefully uh, M- Michael Michael Lehman is next. Let's hope. Yes. Thank you guys, though, for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us and follow us on all the socials. And we'll see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody. <laughs>